Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hey, friend. How are you? Just great. Yeah? How are you, Jenna? Hmm. You're always so thoughtful. You always ask me how I'm doing. That's very nice. Thanks. I'm good. I have a new prayer routine. It's giving me life. Yeah. Tell me about it. I'm feeling great because... You're praying every day. I'm praying. It's weird. It's very anchoring. You've talked about it for a long time and (laughs) only now, three years in, I'm starting it. Thank you to my spiritual director. It's a similar conversion that I went through when Father Parks asked me to ask the Lord what I should give up for Lent. And the Lord said, spend time with me every day. I was praying. I loved the Lord. I prayed every day, but I did not have a set time. A set time changed everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Even yesterday, I was like, I have to go to bed at 8.30 because I'm so tired. But my set prayer time is usually 8. So I was like, I'll pray at like 6. So then I'll just have my wind down much earlier. Don't you find too, when you have that set prayer time, you just plug right back in. Totally. Here he is. Yeah. Right back where we left off. Yeah. So I'm feeling... Very consoled. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Anyway, if you are struggling to have a set prayer time, I want to encourage you to do that. Secondly, if you don't know how to pray, I basically, my prayer journal is just rewriting the Psalms. Beth, how are you? Great. I'm also having very consoling prayer. Praise God. Yeah, I feel like for a little over a year, the Lord has been telling me I need to rest. Mm Mm-hmm. And so rest has been on my radar for a while, but it wasn't until we had this worship night just with some Mm -hmm. friends, Father Parks, Mary Kastner, just in your living room that the Lord invited me literally to lay down in prayer. And I was like, absolutely not. Did you see Father Parks right there? I'm not. We also had like a couple of strangers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People that we did not really know. Yeah. And I was like, Lord, this is already kind of bananas in a good way. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can like level up and lay down in the midst of worship. Like that might even be a lot for the people I do know. It felt very vulnerable, you Mm -hmm. know, but I was expressing to you that I felt like I missed a grace. I missed an opportunity. And sure enough, the Lord, you know, in just my, my personal prayer time, my morning prayer time showed me that the grace is still available. And so I've, I've literally been laying down. I've also, again, had this image for a couple of years of, of Jesus and I laying in a hammock. And I had sort of been translating that image as the Lord just saying like, hey, calm down, relax. But I never imagined that he would want me to physically lay down with him and imagine just laying beside him, talking to him. Yeah. I was actually thinking this morning, how am I going to pray like this when I get married and have kids? Yeah. Like, this is not possible. Like, what a gift. They'll just think I'm like trying to take a sneaky nap. Yeah. But I'm praying. They're like, Mom, stop sleeping. I'm like, I'm actually cuddling with the Savior of the world. (laughs) But I guess you're giving me hope. You have your scheduled prayer time. You could be laying down if you wanted. And you have a husband and kids. You have a baby. Yeah. You're still praying. So maybe there's hope for me. There is hope, Beth. Once that hubby comes along, he'll be patient. Sweetheart. God bless him. Wherever he is, he'll say, Jesus I'll close name. the door, honey. You get your prayer time in. Oh my God, I love him already. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. Yeah. It's so funny 
because I thought I was going to be a religious sister. I still just cannot. Could you imagine me? It. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it fits. Yeah, I never thought I would be married. And I think that probably is where that extrinsic motivation comes in is when mm. I'm part of a community, I have to like do the community things. I have to go to the prayer time because everyone's watching me, making sure I'm doing my holy hour. You know? Maybe. My kids don't care if I go to my holy hour. They'd rather me stay home, get them a juice box. But it didn't work out like that. So crazy. It's just wild because I've had like the opposite experience, right? I've wanted to be married. I always wanted a great love story, you know? Yeah. I always wanted a beautiful marriage. And I remember the first time I prayed for my husband and like asked the Lord, I was on this leadership retreat as a high school teen and I just poured out my heart to the Lord, you know, and I had a lot of brokenness and insecurity and I just asked him like, I don't know if I asked him for my husband or was praying for my husband and I was just learning the voice of God and the Lord just simply said, wait, wait. That wasn't upsetting. Mm. I just was like, okay. Even though I thought it would be really cool to meet my husband in high school, have a high school sweetheart, and then that didn't happen. And then I thought, okay, well, a lot of people meet in college. I'll have a college sweetheart. And then I didn't have that. And, you know, I've just never really dated. So it's like I, I kind of passed all these milestones. I wonder if some of the grace of that experience has carried me through, you know, the, these 21 years since praying that prayer. Because this isn't the story I would have written for myself. Yeah. And yet I love my life and I'm so grateful. I've had to pray through, you know, resentments or fear too. I've had to grieve, but I'm actually more joyful and hopeful and peaceful at 37 than I was even at 27 or really truly even at like 21 or 22. I remember one day I was driving to work. I worked at a parish. I was driving to mass. It's so vivid because it was such a grace from God. But I remember specifically thinking about a friend of mine who had gotten married, met her husband in high school, got married in college, have a bunch of kids, super faithful, beautiful Catholic family and dear friends of mine. And I remember just receiving this understanding and insight. It came with a ton of peace that my friend's experience of vocation is what is going to make her holy. Mm. She's going to become holy by getting married at 20 years old and having a bunch of small kids in her 20s. And for whatever reason, God willed that I would become holy as a single woman. And please, God, that that holiness will be a beautiful gift to my husband. But I'm not earning marriage. I'm not able to deserve it. It's, it's not like my friend at 20 had everything figured out and was mature and somehow detached, but also in love, but didn't idolize it. It's not like she was more ready at 20 and I just needed 17 more years to grow up in order to deserve or earn it. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. They're just two different paths of holiness, but the objective is the same. She's being called to be holy and I'm being called to be holy. That's the universal call to holiness. Vocation is simply the vehicle to holiness. It is not the prize. It's not the goal. And, and some of that had to be purified in my own heart in the same way that different things had to be purified in her heart within the sacrament of marriage. Mm. I think that's fascinating to think of it as like not the end game. Yeah. I think there's kind of a, a weird secular 
like judgment on single people that mm-hmm. like they're selfish or they didn't grow up or they've got some work to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And of course, I've thought a lot about this, <laughs> about this and really like wrestled with things that people have said to me over the years and things I've heard in talks. I, I've really had to like some processing and healing with the Lord in prayer. Yeah, I don't know. It just used to like really still like makes me really angry to assume that people who are married somehow have it together or are somehow more responsible or more beautiful. I mean, that was the big one for me. It's it's just interesting how we try to justify being single yeah, or how other people have tried to narrate the experience for me. Yeah, there's no formula for how to get married. Yeah. Like that example is a lot like how it was for me. Like I had no vision for that in my life mm. at all. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I don't think there's ever a ready. Are right. you ready now? No, I wasn't mature. I was a brat. Like that doesn't make me more qualified. It is fascinating in conversations that I've been around or heard like, well, they're not ready yet. Neither were any of us. <laughs> right. Yeah. That is interesting. But you've heard that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Or like they have a lot to work on. We all do. Yeah, I know a lot of married people who could use some therapy. You know, basically all of us. Yeah, I mean, a lot of single people. Totally. This is my (laughs) biannual (laughs) push for everyone to go to therapy. Yeah, but I've spent a lot of time considering a formula. You Mm. know, like trying to life hack it and speed it up. Yeah, if I can pay off my debt or learn how to cook or lose weight. You know, these are just like my things, but I know there are other things for other people. Deal with that. Get over that person. Deal with that breakup. Get out of that job. And I found myself even looking at like other older single people trying to find a pattern. Like, Mm. well, how did they meet? How did they do it? And the Lord is just showing me again and again, I'm doing something new. Every single time I did something new with her and it was different than the new thing I did with her. And it'll be different than the new thing I do with you. Like there is no pattern. Yeah. There's no formula. Vocation is a gift to be received. That's it. It's so true. And I think the reminder that no matter your vocation, it's not the end game. There's so much to do there. There's so much work to be done. The Lord has so much he wants to do in each one of our hearts, no matter where we are on our vocational journey. Yeah. He wants married gals to be holy. Totally. And he wants single gals to be holy. And priests. He wants priests to be holy. He does. He wants religious sisters to be holy. That's it. He wants to talk to each one of us every single day. And I know that that's so hard when those longings are there. I feel like there has to be this tension that we need to talk about, which is longing for something and really feeling called to it, not having it, but also like deeply loving the Lord and being in relationship with him, but also longing for something. Okay. So I think I know what it is. You have the secret to success. I think I know what that tension is called. Ooh. Hope. Because hope in its real Catholic definition is a theological virtue. In its purest, truest form is hope in a person, Jesus Christ, and hope for eternal life. And that hope for God, that hope for union with him forever, that gives life and energy and meaning to our everyday life now. I think where things get a little wonky is when we put our hope in an outcome. So I'm bringing my desires to Jesus in relationship. 
whatever that looks like, crying, screaming, cussing, or just genuinely saying, I'm longing for this, but just bringing him all of our desires, but then being met by a person, we may not receive our vocation in that moment, but we receive the object of our truest desire, which is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We're really desiring intimacy and communion and community and uh, to be seen, known, and loved. And that is satisfied in the person of Jesus. So when we know that we're loved, we're taken care of, that our desires matter and our hearts matter, easier to trust that person. Mm. You know? Yeah. I also just think that that also is universal. Yes. We're always going to be longing for something. And if we learn at some point in our prayer lives that it's met by a, a real person who loves us and cares for us and is never leaving us. We have to be okay with waiting, basically. Yeah. The answer is not to anesthetize our desires or amputate them. You know, we can't cut off our heart. I remember I had a friend some years ago say, the waiting never ends. She married a little later in life and had kids later in life and just kind of shared her own experience and wisdom that you're waiting to meet someone, then you're waiting to get engaged, then you're waiting to get married, then you're waiting to get pregnant, you're waiting to buy a house, you're waiting for another baby, you're waiting for a promotion. So if you don't get good at living in the tension of waiting and bringing all of your longing and desire to Jesus and being satisfied with him, I think there's a lot of opportunity for bitterness to come in. Because if you've held up vocation as the finish line, and then you get there, and then you struggle with infertility, you're going to believe all kinds of messed up things about God. Well, he made me wait. Now he's making me wait again. Why haven't I learned? Why is he punishing me? But if we learn to just pour out our hearts, our longings, share everything, the good and the bad, just in, in honesty, with consistency, the waiting is not only bearable, but enjoyable because in it... We are knit together with the Lord. My friend Michelle shared this crazy thing with me that uh, the Hebrew word most commonly translated as wait, as in wait upon the Lord, is kavah, Q-A-V-A-H, which also means to tie together by twisting or to entwine or to wrap tightly. This is a beautiful concept of waiting upon God, not as something passive, but entwining our hearts with him and his purposes. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. So we're not just like twiddling our thumbs and counting down the days to go on a date, to fall in love, to get engaged, to get married, and on and on. No, every time we bring those desires, particularly unmet desires (laughs) over the long haul, every time we bring those to the Lord, we are wrapping ourselves in him, around him, and he's wrapping himself around us. Yeah. I just go back often to, we did a whole podcast about it, but just that he satisfies. He satisfies the intimacy that we'll always need, even if we're married, even in relationship. He satisfies a deeper intimacy than we could ever have with any person. That's what he invites each of us into. Yes. Is that satisfying relationship, no matter our state in life. Yeah. Now, that just like my own single girl yeah. heart, it was so hard for me to hear that. Just turn to the Lord. There's this like very famous prayer of St. Anthony, be satisfied with me. Okay. And I remember people giving that to me like here, you need to just curb your desire and be satisfied with Jesus. Yeah. I remember just being so hurt when people would say that as though number one, intimacy is only available to single people mm. and only single people 
need to be satisfied. I was like, have you read this prayer? It was interesting. This yeah. is written for you too. I need that. Yeah. yeah. But I think something the Lord ha- has shared with me in hope, in prayer, is that, you know, when God's plan unfolds for my vocation, it is unfolding, of course, but when it's finally revealed to me, the love of my spouse will only make sweeter Mm -hmm. the love of the Lord. Mm. It's not a replacement for it. It's not like God has been holding out like love and affection and understanding from me. And then suddenly this puzzle piece is going to fit in. Oh, there's all that love I've been missing. No, it's actually just, it will magnify the Lord's love. Mm. That's what, that's what marriage is meant to do. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) I think the natural next conversation is about marriage because you might be listening to this married thinking, yeah, buckle up girls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe you're listening to this and you're, you're thinking this longing isn't only for single people. I feel this longing in my marriage. I feel this loneliness in my marriage. So yes, let's talk about it. My spiritual director is very sensitive to my desire to be married. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like give me platitudes. He, he doesn't redirect me or like minimize my desires, you know, or try to reframe them. He, he's so excellent to just like sit in that longing with me. And the last time we met, he said, you're carrying a heavy cross, Beth. Mm. And I, I actually thought he was talking about something else. Like you couldn't possibly be talking about being single. But then he, you know, he went on and I, I understood he was saying that to live with this desire and to know that this is what I'm called to and to put my trust in Jesus every day for him to just honor that by calling it a heavy cross. I don't know. It was really surprising. Disarming. Yeah. I, I had been like, yeah, no, I'm okay. I mean, I trust the Lord and you know, but there's a, there is a tension and I live in the tension some days more than others. But over the weekend, I, I don't know. I just had a really hard day and it's easy for singleness to come to the forefront when anything else is wrong. Because there's this, you know, illusion that if I had another person here, they would understand or I could talk to them or they would know the whole story or just even like give me a hug. So I sat in adoration and I just finally said to the Lord, this is a heavy cross. I'm sad. I'm tired. I do trust you and I love you, but it is hard. I don't think that's an illusion. I think that's real. There is someone that I have that knows everything. That's not helpful. I think I've just worked really hard to like, I don't want to have unrealistic expectations for marriage and like believe that suddenly I'll have like this love at my disposal when I know that he'll have bad days or Mm. his own stuff, you know? So I just have tried to be careful not to idolize marriage or idolize this man. I think I can like pull it back too far. But it is beautiful. And it will be so good. Amen. Because there's going to be lots of good days. Yeah. I don't know how to wrap it in a bow, which I think is the point. Yeah, I totally agree. It's almost like an ellipsis. Who knows what God is going to do? I remember I really struggled to, to hope for my vocation. You know, I got to a certain age and I thought it's just getting less and less likely and things feel more and more out of my control to, to make them happen and It's not like I ever had dated a lot. I don't know. Just there are so many temptations to discouragement or despair for me in my experience. But I remember the Lord speaking to me about disappointment and basically 
telling me that I could spend my whole life disappointed and maybe be surprised when I meet this amazing, holy, handsome, hilarious guy (laughs) who loves me like crazy, you know, then I would be surprised or, you know, or not and, and just be disappointed and discouraged and bitter and sad my whole life. Or I could live with hope, like wild, nonsensical hope that Jesus just wants the best for me. And as I go on hoping, I fall more deeply in love with this very real person who knows my whole story, who is available, who is listening, who oftentimes does hold my hand under the table, you know? And if I get to the end of my life and I never marry and I never have children of my own, then I've lived a good life, a life full of hope and joy. So I think there is a choice to be made to choose to hope, choose to believe Jesus Not choose to believe an outcome, but choose to believe that I'm so loved that God is working all things together for my good. And I'm going to live with that hope instead of walk around in discouragement and disappointment and think about missed opportunities or closed doors or wonder why it didn't happen for me. Or expect that every time, you know, a nice guy messages me, this isn't going to go anywhere. Or, Mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I have decided to live with hope. I got to live with hope, too. Yeah. Don't we all? Yeah. Thanks for listening. All of you. (laughs) And you, Jenna. You've been such a safe place for my heart in the waiting. Ditto. Do we pray? Yes, please. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, geez. The Lord is, like, just so close to all of you. to me. Thank you. Lord, thank you that you understand perfectly. Thank you that you're leaning in and you're listening and that you want to hold our hand. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for the relationship and life and love that you offer to us right now, no matter our vocation. But I thank you in a particular way for how you have loved and cared for me as a single woman, how you love and care for every single woman who's listening. Thank you that we're never alone. Thank you for your generous, jealous love of our souls. Give us the grace to respond, to open up more and more to you, Jesus, to show you more and more, to tell you more and more. We want to know you, Jesus. We want to be with you. And God, we entrust our hearts to you. We entrust our longings and our desires. Jesus, we trust in you. We thank you that all of our longings and desires, all of our vocations are kept safe, precious to you, tucked in your sacred heart. 
Mother Mary, you are a good mother. A mother who cares about her children, their hearts, their marriages, their desires. Would you intercede for us? As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Beth. Thanks, Jenna. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. If you've yet to venture into Blessed Is She Facebook groups, I just want to invite you to head over to our website and join a regional Facebook group and make a Catholic friend to walk with you, to journey with you. And if you're a college gal, we've got some special community for you. Yeah, to get in your regional group, go to blessedisshe.net slash regional groups. To get in your college group, go to blessedisshe.net slash college groups. We love you. See you next time.